Thank you for tuning in to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have, um, I would say, unique, interesting person, <laughs> say the least, <laughs> uh, Riley Sharp. How are we? Oh, we're good. We're living. Now, uh, you're in Boston, right? Yep, yep, in Boston. Moved here last September for school. Yeah. And for law school? Yeah, yeah, law school. It's uh, It's been a fun time so far. <laughs> So far. So, well, prior to that, I don't even remember how, I, I don't even remember how we met. I think it was maybe when I was out with Taylor one night. Yeah, I kind of remember it. I'm pretty sure we were at JP Fitzgerald. Yeah, right. We were at yep. JP's. Yeah. And I remember, like, I knew who you were, but Taylor kind of like introduced us more. Um, yeah. Yeah, her dad wouldn't stop by and everyone drinks that. Night. Oh, I remember that. I don't uh-huh. re- I don't remember that night as much as I should, but yes, because yeah. Because of those drinks. <laughs> so you went to like you went away to school, you went to John Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um was going away to school something you always wanted to do? Or Um, yeah. I I would have like looking back, I kinda wish I went farther. <laughs> but I ultimately chose um John Carroll because you know they gave me a ton of money to go um and I wanted to play lacrosse so it was like a good distance from Buffalo too like three hours now did uh like getting a scholarship and stuff like that obviously played a role but like was it something that you weren't 100 percent in on because I know like sometimes people will get like a scholarship to a school that isn't like their number one choice yeah. And the, they'll take their number one choice over the money without thinking that, like, oh, you're going to have to pay that back one day. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't my first choice. Um, I was, like I said, I was interested in, like, bigger schools, like, further away. <laughs> but that definitely, that financial factor played in. Um, and at the end of the day, I just, I wanted to be able to play on a team. Um, and, like, I was looking at other, like, D1 options, um, I was looking to play at Liberty, which is like a crazy Christian school. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time, I was pretty Christian. So, like, I was looking to play there. But, yeah, I just picked the best monetary the best monetary option that was given to me. Was it – how was it at John Carroll? Because uh, we knew a couple kids that played lacrosse there. Yeah. They said they had the time of their life. Yeah. Playing was awesome. Like, the, the group – and like the unity that everybody has like both women's team and men's team like together it was it was just like a blast um definitely helped you know being on a team when you go to college because there's a huge disconnect like leaving home for the first time um so having a team and having people that are also in the same boat with you that you're like around all day long definitely helps were you guys super close at John Carroll? Yeah, it was basically a high school. <laughs> basically, that's how it. That's basically. how it felt at. Uh, it felt that way at Mercyhurst too. Oh, when yeah. I first transferred in there, I mean Taylor could probably tell you as well. But yeah. like when I first transferred in there, it's like everyone was just like, "Okay, you're the new person." Like giddy up. Yep. Yep. And it and it's just like okay, but um, when you were there. Did you, like, going into John Carroll, did you always know that you wanted to go to law school and be an attorney, or was that something that, like, you kind of fell into? Um, so I knew in high school that um, that maybe that was an avenue I could go down. Um, weirdly enough, I, like, knew in eighth grade or in seventh grade, I had a teacher in my middle school, and we did, like, mock trials and all this fun stuff, and that was kind of the first time where I was like, oh, this would kind of be a cool career, um, but at John Carroll, 
I kind of lost it a little bit. I was like, I don't want to be an attorney. I want to be in business. Um, yeah, but it kind of came back into fruition senior year when I was taking the LSAT. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. Did you uh, did you try it and like decide to take the test because you were just like, I don't know, like potentially what's next. So just let's just rip this, see what we get from yeah, it. It was I, honestly, it was a little bit of both. Like before I went to Spain and we'll probably talk about that, but um, absolutely. I, I had signed up for the LSAT my senior year and I knew that I, maybe I, I could go into marketing, right? Like I could go into sports marketing. Um, I had internships, uh, different internships while I was in undergrad with sports marketing. But then, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe I could get in, you know, like the legal side of things. Like I've always been interested in law. So, um, after taking the LSAT, I got a pretty good score. So I was like, okay, let's, let's go to Spain and then we'll take a year off. I, we'll talk about that too, probably. I worked for a company in Buffalo for a legal firm and then, yeah, now I'm here in Boston. Did, uh, how was your time at the legal firm? Because I know I told you, um, my mom does real estate law. Yeah. She's a paralegal. Mm-hmm. And I thought I wanted to go to law school just from like <laughs> watching all those law oh, shows. God. And then I thought it no. was, <laughs> and I know. And then I thought, I don't know why, but I thought it was so cool that like, I also think it's fucked up at the same time that you could like, just by like how you speak, you could completely like sway a group of yeah. people to think a certain way. Oh, yeah. And you can use that in like an argument as like a defense or a mm-hmm. prosecution. And I think that that's what drew, drew me to it. Yeah. But when I got my notary and was doing closings downtown <laughs> in the clerk's office, I, that was so miserable. <laughs> that like, sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't do this for like 40 yeah. years. No, no way. No, no. way. So um, when you took a year off, we'll, we'll get right into yeah. it. Cause I love talking about yeah. it. Um, you went to Spain. How, like, did you just decide like Spain is it or we oh, threw dart? Um, so senior year, John Carroll, everything. I mean, John Carroll was great. And like, there were some bumps in the road here and there. Um, so like junior year sucked. So like at the end of junior year, I was thinking about the LSAT. I was thinking about law school. And you know, I was like, you know what? I just need to fucking clear out. Like I need a year. And so then I started doing some um, like research, I was like, you know what, that's maybe I should go travel somewhere. Like I'll save up. Cause I was working at a restaurant part-time, um, while I was in school. And I was like, why don't I just save up and go and do something I've always wanted to do. And I remembered, um, a Spanish teacher I had in high school. We t- we did a project on the Camino de Santiago. And so I just kind of like went down a rabbit hole and started looking stuff up. Um, and I didn't really have anything to go off of. Um, cause I didn't know anyone who had done it before. Um, I didn't even really know anyone that's like gone overseas by themselves before. So I was, it was kind of like new territory for me. Um, so yeah, I decided I graduated on May 19th and I literally flew out like the 22nd <laughs> and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> um, okay. So a couple of things from that, like what, what gave you the confidence to just be like, fuck it, I gotta go. <laughs> um, God, if we want to get into it, like, I just edited things with a guy, which I feel like that's such a dumb thing to say, like, oh, I broke up with somebody and now I'm doing, but like, it's, that's honestly the truth. And I just, I felt like I needed to actually gain more confidence before I became, you know, before I started law school. And there's no better way to like test yourself and test your, your comfort zones and 
seconds than, you know, doing something crazy by yourself. Um, and I've always been independent. Like you could ask my family, you could ask Taylor. If you want to. Like I've always been independent. I always just kind of like do what I have to do on my own. Um, so I wasn't really scared going into it either. It was just kind of, I don't know. It was, it was cool. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Good. Did you know Spanish yeah. at the time? Yeah. Or no? Not like okay. proficient, but yeah, I got around. Like enough yeah. to get okay. by, right? Yeah, because we went, my junior year of high school, we went, because at Lancaster, they did this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was with Education First Tours. And if you took Spanish or German, they would rotate like oh, every year. Yeah, and... I believe it was, you had to have at least a 90 overall, yeah. like with all your Spanish classes yeah. added. And I got the letter home in the mail. That <laughs> oh, I was you're eligible. smart. <laughs> mm, no, I mean, school is just looking up an answer. Yeah, but uh, so I, I got the letter in the mail. And my mom was like, you're going to do this, right? And I was like, nah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe, and she like kind of in a like talked yeah. me into it. That's cool. And it ended up being one of the, as you know, like the craziest experiences yeah. ever because it's almost there's a culture oh shock God, in a way because yeah. <laughs> I don't think, and like we went to Germany too, so like I don't think that there is anything remotely similar from no. Europe to the U.S. No, not even the toilets. Like I give this anecdote all the time to my friends. Like people take, or people, yeah, they take. um not advantage, but like, we don't take into consideration that the US is so consistent, like even on the simplest things like toilets, like in Spain, anyone like, it was fucking terrible. Like there was either had a hole in the ground, or you have like a bidet in some places. Like, so I always give the example of like, Europe to US, like there's just no real comparison. Like they're very different extremely different like even in the um when when we were in madrid and barcelona i think we saw maybe one or two like oh, Burger King, yeah. mcdonald's like you just see like fresh yeah. food markets everywhere oh, yeah, it's too. Healthy. everyone there there's like a paradox all they do is just drink a shit ton of wine and cook their own food yeah it's nutty where did you uh so where was your favorite place um, you went oh god well sevilla so Sevilla wasn't a part of my walk, um, but that was – so I finished the walk a little bit early because I was booking it. Um, so when I finished, I had, like, a week of free time because uh, my parents were going to come see me at the end in Santiago. Um, so I went down to Portugal, and I met the craziest fucking people I've ever met in my life, these girls from Turkey. One of them was from Germany, and they're like, holy shit, you got to go to Sevilla. Um, it's like a train right away. It's like – two hours away that's where they filmed game of thrones and i'm a crazy game of thrones fan obviously um oh yeah i wanted oh, to yeah. get into that I have a tattoo. we can talk about it <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah sevilla was definitely my favorite like visual wise my favorite place in spain um but i there's so many other places to choose from i literally walked across the country <laughs> i know that's so crazy i have uh you listen to Mike Poulter's yeah. album because he walked yeah. across the I US. actually listened to that. I think when I was done when I came back, I don't know when that came out, but one of the one of my friends sent me that. Um, I was like, oh, look at this. He kind of did something similar. 
the uh yeah i thought sevilla was the most beautiful place besides i think like sevilla and barcelona are like neck and neck but i give the nod to sevilla the uh what is it the yeah, alcazar the palace where yeah. the game of thrones yeah. is yeah um plaza de España oh, was yeah. on incredible did you yeah did, did you go um, there and then also you meant okay so you went to barcelona my sister actually lived there for a summer um my younger sister oh I, yeah, that Barcelona is crazy. It's way more packed, but it's it's cool. Yeah, I uh, I was looking. No lie, like I was looking at like travel jobs. Like as soon as I got out yeah. of college, like potentially doing it. But I was just like, nah, I yes, can't. You could. I can't do you could easily do that. It's just a matter I of know. Like, bucking up. I know, but I know, but I uh, I actually want to like backpack yeah. Europe. Like go for like maybe a month or so and just go country to country because it's yeah it's cheap oh to God. once you're in europe so cheap. it's cheap to get like, around you could you could take a plane from spain to germany for like 60 euro like not even like yeah or the um yeah. euro rail pass uh-huh. which you get like five five it's like i think it's like up to five yeah. countries in a day yeah it's cool it's crazy um, now um kind of kind of like going back to like school and whatnot this is kind of like a weird question i've always wanted to ask you this have uh it's not that (laughs) crazy but have you like are you like um influenced by like movies like or books like the dead poet society and shit like that kidding me anyone that's not is insane or they're so boring yeah so and i just i was watching it the other day that's and so, like, made me want to ask you, like, is that something that, like, kind of tied into your decision of, like, going to Spain and then just, like, picking up and being, like, yeah. I'm out of I here, mean, peace? I loved Dead Poets Society and, like, I love movies like that. Like, I've, I was a very overdramatic youth, like, in high school. I'm, I don't know if you knew this. Or, like, like, I what was do you mean? So, like, into my feelings and, you know, like, I always thought everybody cared about what I thought, my opinions. And, like, I love Dead Poets Society and I love Robin Williams and I... I think part of my decision to go to Spain was based off of that, like, youthful, like, overdramatic, like, oh, I just want to see the world and do, like, cool stuff like they do in the movies. Um, But it's actually, it's, I don't know, like, I mock it now, but, like, thinking back, like, that's the way to live. Like, you should be taking those kinds of leaps and doing crazy things that, like, maybe other people aren't doing. And I think books and movies have like always influenced that. Like I'm a crazy reader, like I read all the time. And I think looking back, I don't know, I maybe shouldn't have been so hard on myself for being so like overdramatic like that. Cause I got to do the coolest shit ever. Like I got to walk across the country. So. Yeah. But I feel like unless you do that, you never like oh, yeah. grow up. Yeah, it, definitely. Like if I, if I didn't go to Spain, I would probably still be a jackass. Like I was. <laughs> check yes have you ever read that Uh, yes and i have mixed feelings very mixed feelings what are the mixed Uh, feelings paul kaleo the alchemist is good it's a good book i think the concept is great but he wrote a book about the camino um and a ton of people i met on the way like all agreed with me on this because i was like kind of finishing it while i was walking and a lot of it is just like it's a lot of it's just like virtue signaling and like kind of fake, like the way he experienced the Camino is not how normal people do it. Like he made it seem and Connor he had was like, holy shit, this big spiritual moment. Um, and we can, I can actually get into that more if you want later, but um, the alchemist is good. I do like that book. 
but his other ones are a little spacey. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because I know it's like similar to like where you were walking oh, and well, stuff like that. Sorry, and I know yeah. wasn't it or not? He did. He did the same way that I did. Um, but actually, at one point on the trip, like I think on like the twentieth day, I got lost. Um, I got separated from like two people that I was walking with, and I was supposed to sleep at a monastery with all these monks. It was kind of sweet, and I got lost. This random ass town, and. I went to this, like, I literally just walked up on these, like, big-ass, like, wooden gates. And it was weird, really weird. And I, like, walked in and I met these people. Um, and they, like, barely spoke any English. They were from, like, France, I think. And they told me to go, like, a half a mile down the road into this, like, wooded area. And there was this cabin um, or, like, a cottage. And it was called the Alchemist House. And I thought that was really, yeah, I thought that was no really way. weird. Because I had finished the book right before I started the Camino. I finished the Alchemist. So I got there and um, it was just this tiny little like Spanish family and this woman from, I think she was from Germany and she was engaged to one of the guys that lived in the house. And she's like, oh yeah, like we've been waiting for you, Riley. And she like knew my name. I was like, what the fuck? Like it was all this crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But yeah, so I like did yoga with her for a night and we smoked a little bit and it was pretty cool. <laughs> are you, uh, are you mm, big into yoga? No. Not, not like other people. No, I do it to stretch sometimes. No. Oh, okay. Because when I was in Denver, um, out in Boulder, yeah. I wasn't living in Boulder, but uh, two of my buddies were. But um, people were super big into yeah. like yoga and all that, and I just thought I didn't know if that was just like a like a mountain type thing it's... or like. No, I get. I get what you mean. I I put yoga. There's a lot of different types of people that love yoga. Um. And I know a lot of different types of people that like yoga. I've never been able to like really get into it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just too quiet for me. I need to like be moving around and like, throw stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Need some I energy. need someone like screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So back to your walk, like, because I want to get into that. I know we touched on it a little bit, but like, where did yeah. where did you where did you start, and like, what was your game plan for that? Like, were you just like uh yeah i'm just gonna walk and see what happens or um, like how do you so do that before you get there you're supposed to plan a little bit and i did like i did i did some good research like i said i didn't have anyone to go off of like i had i didn't know anyone that had done it so i went on like some facebook group pages like the old woman that i am and i was looking at what other random strangers have done um and some people um, recommended like two books to get like one is like a map book i still have it with me um, and you can choose because there's like multiple ways to walk the Camino, right? Like it originated as a pilgrimage that anyone, wherever you lived, you just picked up and you walked to Santiago de Compostela. So like you, there's like thousands of different ways. Like I met a guy who walked from Germany. So it was crazy. Um, so when I got there, I kind of knew which way I was going to do. I was going to do the way of St. James. I was just going to do like the regular basic one, which starts, um, South France starts in Saint Jean Pied de Port. I actually got lost trying to get there a couple times. Went up almost to Paris. <laughs> when you meet, when you say, when uh, you say you got lost, what does that mean? Because I just think, <laughs> dude, like, like got <laughs> the lost, worst like, situation possible. I was in, <laughs> like, oh, were you yeah. sketching the out first, or the first time I got lost there was I was in France because I had to fly into Barrette, 
which is like a su- southern city in France. And I got lost there because I don't speak French. And I never like panicked or like freaked out. But I did start to freak out when I realized I was on a train heading north instead of south. <laughs> and I was heading towards Paris, which is very far away from where I needed to be. <laughs> um, so that set me off like two days, which is cool because I got to see more of France. But what no, was... go, no, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Keep, it, keep going. No, I thought you were. I mean, I I was just gonna say, like, like so. I just went across, like, I started in southern France, then just went across all the way to the west coast. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how. (laughs) What uh, was there anything that like um you saw or like encountered like along your journey that you kind of like changed your perspective on how you look at things? We could, I could talk about it for like six days. That's a um all right well i I mean we don't have six days but just Um, (laughs) let it fly do your thing (laughs) so a lot of people do the camino for like the spiritual aspect of it like you go to get closer to god um or you do it to kind of like figure yourself out in a way and that's kind of what i was what i had in mind going in like i i needed some clarity i needed to figure out like who the hell am i like what am i doing here like what am i supposed to do like and I did want to get closer to God, but by the end of it, it's actually kind of sick because all of the encounters that I had along the way, um, they were so human. Like it was so many human interactions and it was so much less spiritual than I thought it was going to be. And I loved that because it felt so real. Like it didn't feel like I was, you know, on this big spiritual journey and on this path and it didn't feel so light and airy. It felt very real, and like visceral, like holy shit I'm by myself I meet I met the craziest strangers like I met some of the best people I've ever like that I will ever meet in my life that I still keep in contact with um do do you still have uh do you have any like funny stories about that (laughs) or like or like something that I say this all the time because there was a lot of times when I was in Spain that it happened where like you're in the moment of something and in that moment you have like a sense of like holy fuck I'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life moment so you enjoy it Um, even more I can give the biggest one the funniest one was I met like day eight of the walk um I ran into like nine Irish guys like they're from Northern Ireland could barely understand their dialect (laughs) and they were they were I like I don't even know I think I was just at a cafe and like they all came down and sat right with me and they were like we're going to sit here and they like you have their accents and I, I like, I'm gonna butcher it but so I walked yeah. with them for a couple of days and I'm not kidding like we drank so much whiskey for like three days like I'm pretty sure I finished a bottle like every <laughs> night it was terrible and I hope my dad doesn't listen to this but uh, on the last damn. night that they were there they like I don't even know how they got this money or if they had money, but they just like rented out this whole restaurant, like this tiny, like, like cleared it out. Um, and a bunch of other people that we had met along the way, like joined us and we had this big ass, like family dinner at this huge table. And um, one of the Irish guys, Gary, he just like, didn't know, none of them knew Spanish. So they're like trying to talk to the server. Um, and he's like telling him that he wants like six bottles of tequila. Like we need tequila. And we're all sitting there like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are we doing? And 
Like finally, like the guy brings out like I, it just like a hodgepodge of shit. He's bring tequila, whiskeys, like got this random ass beer, and then he brings this like homemade wine, like this port almost. Like he brings wine, and I'm not kidding. I've never been that intoxicated in my life, like in my life. And we ended up like so above the restaurant is a hostel, and none of us had like decided to stay in that hospital like none of us paid for a room or anything we all got so drunk that the servers actually had to like like escort us upstairs into the hostel and sleep there for the night like with like we didn't have any of our stuff like like our belongings or anything we just had to like sleep at a restaurant basically that it's it's kind of like i had to have been there moment but it was it was fun it was very crazy no it's yeah, it's like I said, it's like oh my God. A culture shock, like eye opening. You're just like the th- the thing that uh, made me like fall in love with like traveling and wanted to like always explore and do shit was when we first got to Spain. Everywhere we went, mm-hmm. whether it was like Sevilla, Cordoba, yeah. I don't Cordoba. Know I'm saying that properly, um, Madrid, Bar- Cordoba, yes, Cordoba, um, Madrid, Barcelona, Spain, or not Spain. Uh, what? Where else did we go? Uh, Valencia. Toledo, all those spots. Yeah. Um, Every place was so different. Yeah. And the cathedrals were the craziest part. Like, it it felt like you were in Harry Potter everywhere you went. It's so much prettier there than it is here. Did you go to uh, Um, Parc de Gil or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, we did. In Barcelona? Um, I went there with my family after the walk. Yeah. But I was experiencing like extreme sickness because i had a parasite so it was pretty bad oh my god what how the hell i got it in portugal i got drunk the one night and i i'm not an alcoholic i hope i can make that clear i I didn't drink this entire trip i just drank a lot um but yeah wink 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 i was in portugal (laughs) and we were all out one night and i came back and without thinking i drank the tap water and it's like forbidden in Portugal. Like you're not supposed to drink the tap water. And I got a parasite like three days later and I was like crippled over for like the entire Barcelona trip. It kind of sucked. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, so that place is awesome. Now, I don't know if this is getting too personal or not, but um, I know like, cause you posted about it. Uh, you like kept yeah. a journey or not a journey. You kept a journal about your like travels and like, mm-hmm. you were always like writing and stuff like that. What, um, like what, was there anything through writing that you like learned about yourself from like that experience? Cause I know a lot of people, yeah. um, say that like when you get your thoughts on paper, it actually helps, helps you open your eyes a little bit more and you're like you can comprehend more things about yourself mm-hmm. and become better, more, <laughs> more self-aware. Yeah, exactly. Like what you said, like writing your thoughts down on paper kind of, kind of helps you realize things about yourself more. And if anything, I mean, I wrote in a journal every single day and by the end of it, like I just, the biggest takeaway from, from even just the walk itself was like, I learned how I am regarded by other people. Like you, become very self-aware when you do something like this. Like when you're completely alone and you have to meet strangers, you're confronted with a lot of your own demons and you're confronted with um, like how you engage with people and, you know, whether that's good or bad. And in my journal, like within the second week, I started to see like a change of tone. Like I started to see, like I was writing differently. Like 
I was becoming much more self-aware. I was aware of, you know, how I engage people in conversation, um, you know, maybe how I advocate, advocate for things that I enjoy and, you know, the way I tell stories. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for journaling, but I'm also a big advocate for, you should definitely, definitely do something that pushes your comfort zone that you have to do alone because it, it completely changed the way that I see myself in the world. Like the way I see myself, even just talking to you now, like people need an experience to help them become more self-aware because so many of our stupid peers don't know, like they're just not socially aware. Like it's, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Cause um, a couple of the times I've moved, it felt like it was, even though there was another person there, or like another one to three people there, it still yeah. felt like, oh, fuck, like I'm out of my own. I'm not with my family. I'm not like I'm not with my right. friends. Like I'm with someone that's a friend, but like right. we're not best friends, not childhood best friends. So it's like you're really like like aware of what's going around in your environment. And I always found that like that kind of like helps yeah. you no, become totally. like more of who you are, if that makes sense. Not no. trying to be that type of way, but um you how you were saying you became self more self-aware like do you have any like examples or like anything yeah, like specific from the trip or like now in real life <laughs> yeah uh now in real life like if it's translated i mean there's nothing that you need more in law school than to be self-aware because uh, you're making arguments and you're trying to see things through you know particular lenses and it's the way that I am now in law school is much different than I was, you know, even in undergrad, like in terms of academic settings. Um, but also in like a professional setting, like when I came back, I immediately started working for Hodgson Ross. Um, and I felt a shift of like the way that I communicated just with other people around me. Like it was, I had more confidence. Like I felt like I less of like imposter syndrome, you know, like I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. Um, I had been in worse situations before, right? Like I've done worse in Spain. So like, what could be worse here? Um, so yeah, it's definitely helped with law school, like becoming self-aware. It helps not just like with arguing, but like meeting people, making friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with arguing. Um, how are you? How are you as a... Uh like presenting your case do you are no, you like no. it's your way or the highway so, or like, I used to do that like I used to be a crazy arguer when I was younger but none of it made sense I usually just like as I first in that like oh my mindset on something nothing's gonna move me from oh, now I'm, I'm way more fluid <laughs> the best attorneys are the ones that see the coin from both sides and like they see every different possibility so like I had an oral argument yesterday for a client and I don't know, I'm very calm now. Like you're supposed to kind of, like I just, I, I felt very composed yesterday. Like I knew my stuff, I knew the law, I knew what I had to argue. I wasn't mean, you know, like I used to be mean. And attorneys, I guess the misconception is people think attorneys are like these terrible people, like they're mean and deceitful. But honestly, arguing and like persuading is such, a hard thing to grasp and a hard thing to master. Like you got to give them some credit. Like most attorneys aren't mean and they're not conniving. Like they really, they just know their shit and they're composed. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's fascinating how some people can just 
spin yeah. their words to get yeah but the thing is they don't yeah. it's not like it's bullshit like they have like evidence that's the, like the craziest part and mm. uh my mom's told me that there's some attorneys like here in buffalo that will um depending what the situation is oh, yeah. will take the case oh, yeah. just because they believe they can spin it in their favor like, there's some attorneys in buffalo that will yeah they take it just i mean they'll take the case for the name and then they're like master magicians they'll just spin anything yeah yeah and some of their arguments they come yeah. up with you're like what yeah. how the fuck did you think of that um now like something i don't know if it's like too deep or not but uh one thing that i personally felt from like all the traveling i've done and all the like you know different opportunities i've had people i've met um and stuff like that is that it like kind of opened my eyes to the oh, like yeah. we are so small in this world so it's just like uh, like I, fe- I felt as though like before I was doing all those things, like I felt as though that the environment was like, you know, you had to go to school, you had to get mm-hmm. a job, you got to save for retirement and then start living your life. But then from all the travels that I've been fortunate enough to be able to do people I've right. met from all over the spectrum, it's opened my eyes to being like, okay, it's like, it's almost like there's a bigger picture mm-hmm. and it's just like, we're not meant to just like work, 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 work. Oh God, work. So, like, how well, do you that was a loaded question. <laughs> Um, no, no, I know, um, I know, I know. I didn't mean to do that to you. Traveling, like you said, it definitely makes you feel like you're just one small, tiny, little, minuscule part in the grand scheme of things. And I'm blanking on it. Rework that. Like, what do you like? Like, mm hmm. Like you said, yeah, yeah, you were calm. You said you were calm when you were giving your oral argument. Do you think that that was because mm-hmm. of the lessons that you had from yeah. traveling and what it's opened your eyes to and how it's changed your perspective? Like you said, interacting with people and stuff like that. So me personally, when I like was reflecting on all those things I got to do, at least for me, it made me realize yeah. that like, yeah. we're not meant to just like work, 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 work. Like we're meant to like go explore, yeah. go do shit like that. That's just what I took from it. So I wonder if like people that travel a lot, cause I have a decent amount of friends that travel right. all the time and that's how they feel. So I was wondering if like, that's how you felt when you uh, were doing that oral case, not even though I just felt like I talked for 20 minutes straight. <laughs> okay. So yes, traveling makes you feel small and, and, the fact that I was able to like, like transfer over, like, you know, being able to stay calm and compose um, from like my experiences traveling um, was very beneficial to where I am now. But like you said, when you travel, you, you kind of get the idea that like, okay, wait, I don't want to spend the rest of my life just working and doing some bullshit that I don't actually like. Um, but my trip in Spain kind of, I don't know, it kind of brought the idea that, okay, maybe I would actually like being an attorney though, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. I can view it as, you know, I'm not going to the office just putting in bullshit hours. Like maybe I actually, I can actually enjoy this. Um, so like I said, like it, it gave me more confidence to kind of come back and just try it out. And I think, I think it's important to recognize that you know, while we are small, minuscule pieces, you know, of the grand scheme, like each of us had, like, I think it's kind of cool then because 
no one's really paying attention to you. <laughs> like you can kind of do exactly. whatever you want. Yep. Yep. Like you can, I could quit law school right now and join the circus. I could become a scientific scuba diver like you would in the, or like, like you can do anything. Like, and I think that's like a good way to spin it. And there's a little law school spin. Like, yeah, we don't want to spend the rest of our lives working, but what if we find something that's cool? Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel I feel the exact same way. That was actually what I was gonna like bring up next, but you kind of led right into it. But I don't mean it from the perspective of like just blow all your money like and be right. an idiot. It meant more like so like kind of like have a plan for like what you want to do. If yeah. that makes sense. And yeah. Be, like, cause I know uh, one of my buddies, he's down in Florida and he's just like every Monday and Friday I'm golfing. He's like, so I only work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he's just like, I'm chilling. That's and I'm just like, <laughs> right. I'm just That's like, it cool. must be nice. But yeah, no, that was just something I got from traveling. And I was always like curious. Cause I know um, you did a shit ton of traveling and your walk was far as fuck, which how many miles was it total? Uh, like, what, like 779, something like Jeez. that. Yeah, it sucked. My feet were disgusting when I came home. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. They dude, had to have been. Oh, my God. You think that you, like, lose weight on those trips and stuff? Dude, I gained, like, 25 pounds. I was, like, super, like, bloated and puffy because I was swollen from walking. Yeah, it was – that's beside the point, but – Did uh, – then did you move to Boston, like, right after? No, so um, like I said, like I worked for, I lived back in Buffalo for the oh, yeah, remainder right. of 2019. Yeah. yeah. So from 2019, like I came back in July, um, started working at JT's actually in downtown Buffalo. It's a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got a job um, at Hudson Rest like in October. And then I worked there until like the beginning of summer 2020 when COVID got me laid off. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I COVID- moved. Yeah, then I um, then I accepted a scholarship in, um, at New England here in um, Boston, and I started school in August. Yeah. How's uh, Boston been for you? Uh, it's pretty cool. I wish I could enjoy the nightlife more, but I love the city. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, we were. Where are you again? We're in the city. Um, so I live in Eastie right now. I live in East Boston. Um, okay, so you're right by the airport. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, my uh, we lived in where were we? I can't even think. Ah, uh, we were right in Southie, so oh, we were around, nice. so we were right across the street from Stats, and then right around the corner from like Lincoln, Tapo, and then Loco, and all those spots. Oh, I love that area. We yeah. um, where's what is it? Capo? Did you say that? Uh, ca- yeah, Capo. Capo's yeah. roof. Yeah, that's like my favorite bar. They um. Where I'm trying to think, was the have you been able to go to the Grand yet? Uh no. Where uh, is that? It's uh in Seaport. It's in the Seaport district, oh. I believe. But um, like you know, we were talking about Boston, but like what? It was just because you are going to school there. That's why you moved. Yeah. Um, I got like basically a full scholarship to a school here, so I was like, oh, gotta go. <laughs> and you were calling me smart. No, no. Full ride. Um, are you after? Do you think you're going to stay in Boston, or are you trying to keep exploring? Um. So I'll give you a little plan that I have. It's a tentative right. plan, but I I'd like to move around 
Um, I am seeing somebody right now, and I we haven't factored in that part yet, but I actually would like to, in like five years, I'd like to stay in Boston for at least five years. If I can get a good firm, I'll stay here, but I'd like to venture out west um, and work, I don't know, work, purchase something, a vineyard. Um, I'd like to get my hands back um, in like the growing side of things, because I worked at Lockwoods like for like five years in Hamburg. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd like to either work on a winery, on a vineyard, or work with wine, you know, either the legal side of things or not. Um, I'd like to do that. But that's kind of it. It sounds like uh, you might have to head out to Napa. I literally applied for an apprenticeship, a legal apprenticeship yesterday at a winery in Napa. <laughs> I hate that I have, I, I literally hate that I say his name on every episode, but uh, my buddy Tyler, he is moving to <laughs> Miami. He was just he was just living out in Napa for four years. Oh shit! Yeah, it's. Uh, have you been before or no? No, no. It's a completely different world, especially like if you're into wine. That's what I've I heard. wasn't that into wine. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. that into wine, but after visiting a couple times, it's definitely an eye-opening experience. Now, um, we were talking about it before we, you know, we're recording and whatnot, mm. but. Uh, kind of talking about like school and stuff like that like if I kind of ask everyone this as well like if you were in charge of like uh, running a school and the <laughs> curriculum could be up to you and it doesn't matter you don't have any requirements what would be like stuff you teach um, a lot of literature <laughs> I would oh, that's a good question I'd probably I'd adhere to what, you know, the normal curriculum is now, but I would definitely incorporate some more real world things. Um, There's actually, there's actually a cool, this is like totally, I mean, it's on topic, but there's like a new system of schools um, and they're like learning, like uh, work teaching schools, I guess. um, And they pair Mm -hmm. students up with like local businesses and like local companies. Um, So like while the kids are going to school, they also are like part-time apprenticing, apprentice, thing? I don't know the word, um, like with a company. And I'd, I'd probably do something like that so that, you know, when you're, because like when you're in high school, you're not getting in, like you're not learning like what a company's, any want to be in. Um, you're not getting like firsthand information of like what it's like. And uh-huh. I wish I had school. Like I knew like what the profession was, communication setting, you know. Yeah. Do you think that it's um, it's crazy that kids like start like college at seventeen and eighteen, and you oh just get God, like yeah. you have to pick you have to pick your major by like yeah. uh, your sophomore year. Yeah, it's fucking insane. The fact that we do that to kids, like. At 17, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went to John Carroll and I was studying biology. Like, I thought I was going to go be a nurse. (laughs) Solution is to that. I mean, take a gap year if you really don't know. Or Yeah, but even then. Yeah, even then. I mean, you're still so – like, I don't think for most that – figuring out what you want to do for the next 40 years of your life is on your mind when you're going away to college you're thinking about about when can i drink Mm -hmm. who can i hook up with and am i attractive that's like exactly 
<laughs> oh, well, you know, kind of like wrapping things up here. Um, I know when I emailed you this, you said you love this question. So oh, definitely I'm curious now. Um, if you could go, if you were able to meet yourself, if oh. you were able to meet your younger self, the oldest you are is 18, but you can be younger. It doesn't matter. What would you tell yourself about like to carry with you moving forward? Based on things that you've had to go through and have learned, I know that's again a loaded question, but hey. Um, there's a lot I'd like to say, but I guess it would be stop worrying about like 18 year old Riley, like calm the hell down, stop worrying about what everyone else around you is doing, and just focus, like, harness yourself. And stop trying to compare yourself to everybody else because everybody's doing something different and everybody does it in different ways. And some people figure it out when they're 18 and some people figure it out when they're 24. But I would definitely just tell myself it isn't a race for time. Um, yeah, when I was 18, like I wanted to be 22. Like just slow down. Like take your time. Focus on your schoolwork. Like, that's the most important thing when you're 18. Like, focus on your schoolwork. And I don't know. <laughs> Stop worrying about boys, too. That's probably a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now, like, uh, what's up with you now? Like, what's what's next? After, what, are you, what are you up to in Boston? I know you're going to law school, but, like, got anything else cool going on? Um, just trying to stay alive right now. <laughs> law school sucks. Stay alive. Literally, law school yeah. sucks. I don't recommend it. Do you recommend it to anyone? I, would, oh, there you go. I will only advocate for law school if you have a dying passion to study the law. Um, otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you want to be on the legal side of things, become a paralegal. Um, I, I don't know. Like, and that sounds so terrible, uh, like coming out of my mouth right now, but like, it's true. Like, if you do not do it, unless like you have a burning desire to do it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Cause it sucks. Do you have a burning desire yeah, to do it? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And I'll quote almost every attorney I've ever met or worked for law school is supposed to suck. Like it's supposed to suck so bad that you hate it, but it gets better. <laughs> I couldn't imagine my, uh, my friend Esther just graduated from Syracuse law oh. school and she's told me about like, how much she needs yeah. to study, all that shit. And I'm like, fuck that. Dude, that it's a me. full-time job. Like, I wake up at 6 and I'm done at 8. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more than a full-time job. It's fucking – it's crazy. But I love it. Yeah, no. Not for me. Awesome you're doing yeah. that, but no, I'm <laughs> Oh, you know that. how many times I but... wish I could just have, like, a 9 to 5, like all of my other friends do, and just, like, be done after 5. Yeah, you have to stay a lot longer sometimes. Oh, yeah. It'll be the next 20 years of my life, if I continue on this legal path, are going to be they're gonna be fun. Yeah, especially if you have court and shit. Yeah. Um, so one more question mm -hmm. before we go, actually. Um, would you, well, it's two, it's two, technically. But um, do you, would you rather be a prosecutor or a defender um, if you were to do that? God. I don't want to go, I don't want to be a trial attorney, but I would definitely rather prosecute. Um, okay. Because there's more discretion 
that you can have, especially because our criminal justice system is absolutely fucked up. So I think, oh, so fucked. So I think being a prosecutor would probably tickle my fancy a little bit more because I could play. I don't. I don't know. I could. I could do more. I could facilitate and advocate for more minority groups as a prosecutor than I think I could as a defense attorney because the system's rigged against them. So defense attorneys uh-huh. can only get so far. What would be your uh, dream case that you prosecute and win? Oh. You can make anything. I up. hate. It doesn't have to be something super I, specific. I could get in trouble for saying this. I hate pedophiles. Like, I think the death penalty should be instated for like pedophiles and anyone that like harms a child. So my perfect case would be like slam dunking on a pedophile, like, or like a sex offender, like a known predator. Yeah. Yeah. But I would also take some minority cases too, you know? Yeah. It is so disgusting, but did you want me to leave it or cut that? No, you cut it out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) As long as I get your approval. But yeah, I think this is actually the longest. <laughs> I know, talk. seriously, without alcohol. <laughs> I think, but yeah. So I mean, it definitely. I mean, you when you said you're like nervous but excited, I'm like, okay, now I'm. Yeah, sorry nervous. about that, like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's there to be nervous about? And I'm freaking <laughs> out over here, but no, I uh, I greatly appreciate yeah. you doing this, taking the time. I know you're super oh. busy with uh, law school and shit like that. So thank you. And then yeah, of course. Cool. And then I mean. Uh, this summer I'll be coming up to Boston a decent amount to visit my oh, buddies. Yeah. So maybe one of these times when you're done studying Hell and yeah. being smart. I will gladly take any opportunity to go out and have fun. Yes. So I appreciate yeah, it. Thank, so thank you so you. much. This is awesome. All right. I'll see I'll you. I'll see you.